Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books. That is the right word. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely... We didn't have to take this five times. No, no outtakes because Alex forgot everything. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I hate to tell you, uh, gentle listeners, but Pete almost had to take over. Oh, man. <laughs> can you and, imagine? And Pete got bit by a rabid dog earlier uh, this week, <laughs> and he <laughs> is rabid himself. Exactly. So that's saying something. Exactly. We're on the very edge of destruction over here. The dog wasn't rabbit. Uh, oh, great. But you, you said just, dog wasn't rabbit? <laughs> dog wasn't rabbit. Oh, you good. were just saying that you were just telling a story how the dog ate its own shit and then bit you or something like that before we got <laughs> no, on the podcast. I was saying the urgent care lady was freaking me out of like the possibilities of the bacteria yeah. that can be in a dog's mouth. I love how much research you're like the Batman of dog bites. <laughs> like that bite was like your parents being killed in oh, front of you. Oh, and that's now you've become up. a dog bite man. Speaking of that, uh, the comic that we're talking about, the Batman uh, comic. Oh, hold on, we'll get there. Hold on, I see what you're doing to get this back on track. We're going to talk about a couple of books that came out today, Wednesday. Let's kick it off with a Marvel comic book, The Magnificent Ms. Marvel, number one. What a timely release. Uh, sure is, except, of course, it's a different character yes. than Captain yes. Marvel. Uh, this but I is mean a, the name. Uh, yeah, this is a reboot of the Ms. Marvel title. Uh, not a reboot, just a continuation with a new title, but this time by Saladin Ahmed. Mm-hmm. Instead of G. Willow Wilson, who has been writing the character for years and since her inception at this point. So oh, what did you think? This is the second book that uh, Saladin has taken on in the past couple of months, along with Miles Morales' Spider-Man. And these are characters that are very identified with the creators. We really liked what he did with Miles Morales. How do you think he did with Kamala Khan? Uh, it's good. It's uh you know, it, it really felt like a continuation, especially for a number one issue. And I, we talked a little bit uh, when we reviewed the last issue of the previous series about how it didn't really feel like a last issue. And it sort of made sense that this didn't really have to feel like a first issue either. It just felt like a continuation of the character. We learned a little bit about uh, Kamala Khan and how she, her life, her powers. And then we have this sort of uh, overarching thing of like the futuristic society in a different world and how she's the great hero. Yeah. I, I oh, please uh, go Also, ahead, I really like... Um, 
It kind of reminds me of Spider-Man in a way because we're, you're balancing relationships and real life with also fighting, you know, uh, villains and living that superhero yeah. life, which I really like this balance. And I think the heart of this character and uh, the, the, her power that she can wield, but yet uh, the small things are also important to her, uh, yeah. make her very powerful. And uh, I very much enjoyed this comic. I think she's a great character. And it's nice to see that this character is in good hands. Um, it doesn't, to me, feel like it's missed a beat from, uh, you know, uh, the original person who was writing it. It still feels like the same character, which I think is super important. Yeah, I enjoyed this uh, comic. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, this is good for constant readers of the title. It's also good for new readers because, as he did over on Miles Morales, he gives a brief recap of her origins, sets up her friends, sets up her families really well. Um, the one part, this is nothing about the writing of the book, that I thought was very funny was one of Kamala's friends asks, hey, you never actually told me your origin story. And she's like, yeah. oh, yeah, here we go. And you're in my head. I was like, ah, right. What was her origin story? again and she recaps and she's like will I get hit by a cloud yeah <laughs> the end and it's yeah. funny for a character that is so good and been built out so well that her origin really is just like well I got hit by a cloud and that's pretty much and it and especially it's tied to such a very specific bit of Marvel continuity that is sort of forgotten now yeah. uh, or at least not used much of the uh, the Terrigen mist going around so she's an inhuman uh, which is sort of a thing that's like oh weird you forget You're, that right but the rest of it is great and yeah. they recap the rest of her origin story where she saved her friend uh there's some big moves here going on with her parents. So if you've been putting off picking up a Miss Marvel title for whatever reason, this is a great time to jump on board. Also, it's a great lesson in here. She talks about she went to a party she wasn't mm -hmm. even supposed to go to. Go to parties, guys. You know, even if oh. you're not supposed to go to them, oh. you should go. Huh. Go to all parties. Yeah. Party all night. Party <laughs> yeah. every Whether day. Whether you're invited or not, just yeah, show just, up at a party. Just go because you don't know if it's going to be that party where you're leaving and then you right. accidentally get superpowers. Wedding receptions, birthday parties, yeah. funerals. Yeah. Just pop oh, Pete, you recorded that album, right? About uh, my girl likes to party all the time, party all the time, party, party all the time. Yeah, it you? almost seems like you recorded it the way you sung it so well. Ooh, Ooh. we got a real sing-off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. A one, two, a one, two, three. Coming up next, DC Comics, The Batman Who Laughs, The Grim Knight, number one. Now, there is a spinoff of a spinoff, which is The Batman Who Laughs title. We've been loving that book. Loving it. By Scott Snyder and Jock. It's been this intense ride focusing on the dark Batman from an alternate universe who has been infected with the Joker in his body. He yeah. is... We don't know his whole plan, but he's doing something. He was bitten by a rabid Joker. <laughs> Pretty and, much. Uh, a Joker who was eating his own shit and that bit Yeah, him. he got a big mouth of Joker shit. <laughs> uh, can I just give a little setup before sure. you offer your point, Pete? Pete is raising his hand, which again, very polite. As for the, again, those, those of you, the gentle listeners at home, Pete is probably 90% of the time raising his hand on this podcast. <laughs> like, if you're ever wondering whose hand's in the air, if you can hear a hand up, it's Pete's. Yeah. So uh, the Batman who laughs has been invading Gotham and slowly taking down Batman bit by bit. Uh, along with him is this character, the Grim Knight, and the Grim Knight is another alternate universe Batman. His origin, which is recapped here, is he picked up the gun that the robber dropped in the alley the night. Joe Chill? Joe Chill. And then Joe uh, cool. shot 
Joe Chill to death. Yeah. Uh, and from there, it was like, guns are cool. Uh, more guns, please. Yeah. Don't forget so, he shot the bat that came through the window, too. Right. Well, He's that's something you crazy. find out in this issue. Uh, and this issue is split between the Grim Knight's origin and him torturing Detective Gordon. Uh, and we finally find out why by the end of the issue. Uh, Pete, you raised your hand. I couldn't help but notice. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, why the fuck do we keep seeing this... I'm, I, it just makes me so mad that we got to keep seeing the alley scene over and over and over and over it's and important. over. Yeah. Because otherwise, I, this guy's very grim. Yeah, I get it. But, like, you know, it, I don't... It's just reliving this goddamn alley nightmare over and over. Real quick, Pete, name the most iconic moments in Batman's life that aren't the alley and aren't the bat coming through his window. That everybody knows, even people walking along on the street. The, the moments that form Batman. So they're forgetting about the alley, forgetting about the bat coming through his window. What else is there? Just throw out that other moment that they're going to return mm. to again and again. Uh, I think uh, the time that Batman first puts on his cowl and uh, cape, you know, that's important. I think everybody knows that. Yeah, he had to get dressed. Yeah, he had to get <laughs> sure. dressed for that first Something time. people assume. Yeah. Right. Also, Alfred being his butler. Uh, that's not a moment that's, that's a you know, thing that's, that's, that's an ongoing relationship. Yeah, yeah. And then the fact that Detective Gordon, uh, you know, he's a little kid, helped him out. and uh, I'm going to say... The series Gotham, you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say you're both right. We've seen this, this scene too much, and uh, but it's also very important when you're, especially right. when you're establishing a new character who the Grim Knight is. And I will say, I don't think we need to see it much more in regular continuity. We're good on that. But this, it sort of put had a new take on it where the dude, Joe, I just Chill, don't, Joe Chill, trips and falls on the pearls, which I thought was sort yeah, of a I just, uh, I, gallows I've seen humor. it so many times. You haven't me. seen Joe Chill trip on the pearls? Yeah, but I've seen it just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a different twist on the thing that you know. What and is crazy just, to me is you got an entire comic book where Batman is the Punisher and you're yeah. focusing and, on one aspect of it, which is not the aspect where he murders everybody. Like, right. honestly, this Batman's down on his knee proposing to you, like <laughs> me, please like me. And you're like, um... That ring looks like it was just pulled off a murdered set of parents or something. Yeah, I don't want to see Punisher Batman. I have the Punisher. You know what I mean? Like I like Batman being Batman. I oh, think wow. it makes sense. And I looks like, like somebody put chocolate is. in Pete's peanut butter. Hmm. Uh, now, just to review it though, for those who don't regularly Great. read Marvel comics, the Punisher's origin is that his family gets murdered and then a skull crashes through his window and he takes it as a symbol of vengeance. Right? Well, yeah. That's not true. I think that's what it that's is. That checks out for as far as I know. Yeah, I like this book. It's weird to me to have a spinoff of a spinoff, but that's okay. It was well written. It's well, fun, and we still don't know exactly what's going to happen with the Batman who laughs and how if that's going to be like straight up the same Batman that is the Batman in our universe. This is getting like really intense like this. I was like, man, uh, the Batman who laughs was already more intense than I wanted it to be. And this is just turning up to 11. And I'm like, can we turn it back down? Because I, you know, it's just almost it's too much to see Batman like this version of this Batman who's just What shooting. I would like to see is I'd like to see an alternate universe where the Waynes get murdered in an alley and then the alley takes a bat as its symbol of justice and it becomes bat alley. That's an unexplored area. Yeah. Uh, the alley. But, I mean, you didn't think the Batman in this was crazy over the top and way well, too... I think it was purposefully uh, meant to be. Yeah. He's extra grim, um, extra gunny, and yeah. that's... And that's, that's I mean, he's point. killing... 
like just regular people who are, you know, like that part where it takes out that party of people. That was so, intense. But I think th- he was saying, like, this solves the crime problem in right. Gotham. It, it, all of these Batman, though, are supposed to be Batman taken to the extreme, taken too far. They have... Every single one that we saw back in Dark Knight's Metal, they were Batman unchecked. Like, there was one aspect of Batman that was taken away or changed in some way, and because of that, he lost control. They're yeah. also, if you want to go to continuity-wise as defense, they're from the Dark Multiverse, and it's pretty well established that those are stories that should not happen. So that's what yeah. we're getting here is a story of a story that should not have happened. Yeah, uh, yeah especially told. the way Alfred, I mean, Jesus Christ. Ba- yeah. The Batman was... who laughs, the Batman who spends too much time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all, like, the Why worst case scenarios. Me? Why did no, you look at me no, when you said no, that? No, no, yeah, just looking I around. I appreciate it, you calling me Batman. Well, I don't know. I can't believe you saw me and you weren't looking at your phone. <laughs> yeah, I am. I kind of keep a one eye I see you. Yeah, I see you. Yeah. I gotta get some tweets. All right, let's move on to my favorite comic of the week, Assassination Nation number one what? from Image Comics. Your favorite? I Are you love serious? this book. I really? love it. I love this book. This is by Carl Starks. What? The art is by Erica Henderson, uh, who used to work on Squirrel Girl. And the concept of the book: it takes place in a world where assassins are all ranked. Uh, And somebody is trying to kill one of the formerly top-ranked assassins, so he calls in all of the other assassins of the top 20. Uh, Eventually, over the course of the book, this is getting into spoilers, uh, he decides to hire them. He says, I'm going to hire all of you to protect me. And the assassins say, actually, we've been hired to kill you. And an all-out gun battle ensues. Uh, this book was hilarious from top to bottom. I love the art. I loved wow. how extreme and intense it was. One of the characters named Fuck Targeting. Oh, yeah, that was my dude. That's, I, that's, that's a great name. That's great. Yeah, that was my favorite part about the book was that dude's name. I had an absolute fuck. blast reading this book, and I can't wait to read more. Wow. Wow. From one gun nut book to another. <laughs> and you love this. One. I did. What did you think about it, Justin? Sounds like you were not quite as no, I thought it was good. Uh, there's so many characters, it's hard to like keep track of them all. Oh, I you're talking about like, meat stick? 75% of them die this issue. But there's still a lot left in sure. the next. And like, yeah, you sort of get a little bit of a handle on who we're going to see more of. But... Uh, Frankie Townhouse? You talking about Frankie Townhouse? <laughs> I know. He might be one of the ones There's, who's dead. Uh, the jokes in here David are just... David Bowie knife? I'm talking about Smoke. Smoke? Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of characters Dave? in there. <laughs> that's yeah, that's like a good Dave. joke. Yeah. That's a good joke. In the middle of all these assassins with, like, David Bowie knife, fuck Tarkington, whatever else, there's a guy named Red Dave. Red Scorpion. Who's just a fan of assassins. Yeah. Smush Walker. What, you're just reading stuff now. Pete, what did you think about this book? Wistful Stan. I... I, you know, I like the names was the most enjoyment I had out of it. I mean, it was just, it was hard to get into it because there was, uh, you know, the people got killed so fast. So it was like a little like, all right, okay, no guns. Everybody's got guns in the room. Okay, uh, I'm hired to, you know, you guys got to protect me. Now we're going to kill you. So it was like, it was hard for me. There was more, I wanted to follow a story and then add twists and turns where it was like story, turn, turn, turn. And, I, you know, every time I tried to get it, into it, something changed. It seemed like classic comedy setups to me. I mean, I think that's yeah. what was going on is you knew when they were asking everybody to leave their guns that everybody still had guns. Like, that yeah. was definitely going to come. And it, in front of the gun table, it says not a trap. I mean, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. This to me felt like uh, ready made to be a pilot for some. Yeah. Uh, uh, prestige network. It's super farcical. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, 
I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, Alex, there he's, a gun, he's a gun nut. All right. I love guns, but I also love steaks and vampires. So let's move on to oh, Boom Studios, go. Buffy the Vampire Slayer number three. This yes. is a new reinvention of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Buffy and Pal's uh, last issue uh, accidentally released a gigantic demon on Sunnydale. Uh, Spike. <laughs> The vampire has been revealed. Drusilla has been revealed. Anya, a.k.a. Anyanka, has been revealed. Uh, and this issue, we get a bunch of the characters finally coming together all in the same place at the same time. Um, what did you think about the book? Now, we talked about how it was sort of refreshing the first two issues to have like this reboot where we get to see all the characters and sort of know a little bit about them and see them re-meet each other. This issue, I felt like I was like, okay, I think I've seen all this before. Yeah. So oh, I really? had a total switch. Me uh, too. Because yeah. the, the it was stuff, almost a little annoying. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. the stuff I liked was the new stuff, the um, the bat, uh, the bat demon that was flying around. Yeah. That stuff was interesting. But when all the characters were like, "Hi, I'm Spike," I was yeah. like, "You yeah. guys, no, man." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, uh, giant bat flying around, guys. Yeah, that's fun. The talking, you guys <laughs> all talking to each other because yeah. it, it felt like. To use Pete's party analogy before, um, it felt like you were at a party where everyone was just getting to know each other. And you're like, I, we all know we all met each other before. <laughs> I, I can see what you're saying. I do think one thing that was surprising to me about this issue is bringing Spike and Drusilla together with Buffy and everybody else so quickly. Um, yeah. Certainly that's going somewhere, but the typical arc of a Buffy season is like, ooh, who's this villain in the background? And slowly they emerge. They fight Buffy a bunch of times. They usually win a couple of times. And then eventually uh, Buffy perseveres. I don't know what the arc of this is going to be now right. based on this, which I kind of like. Like, I like not being able to predict where it's going. Yeah. Uh, I really, uh, the artist on this book is really amazing, especially with the facial stuff. It's really yeah. fantastic. Faces. Yeah. Moving on to a Dark Horse comic book, Bad Luck Chuck, number one. Yeah. This is about a girl named Chuck who has, as you can guess, bad luck. But she bad rents luck. it out to people to cause disasters. Uh, and she gets sent specifically in this comic on the path of a girl who's uh, been uh, not absorbed. Uh, Brainwashed. She's went to the brain farm. Josh, thank you. Uh, by a cult uh, and tries to get her out of that. Some other stuff happens. What do you think about this debut? I liked it. I thought it was really fun. The art's mm -hmm. amazing. And it's kind of, you know, we, you know, it's okay. The bad luck person on the team or the domino, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought the storytelling, the art and the action was really fun and it was kind of cool. The twists and turns that it took. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next issue. I think uh, it does a great job of setting up the world and getting you wanting more. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, I'm curious to see how the premise is going to uh, move forward or heighten as it goes, because the she's very unlucky. She's unlucky yeah. to the point that like fires break out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious, like what the how the magic sort of works, how the luck works. Yeah, I was okay with this. Yeah. I, I felt like um, we didn't get quite enough set up with the present premise. Maybe this is what you were feeling as well. Yeah, that I don't know how the rules work necessarily with her bad luck. We don't get enough a sense of that before she jumps right into this mission. We're supposed to know everything about it, and I guess that's good that they hit the ground running. But I would have wanted more establishment of the world. Right. Uh, all right, let's move on to another one. Little Bird, yes. number one from Image Comics. Pete, I know this was your favorite book yes, this week. Yes, this was my favorite. I That's, love Little yeah. Bird. Yeah, Fantastic, I agree. It was fun. Man. It was, the art's amazing. You get a super violent little kid. I mean, what's not to love? 
there is so much violence in all the right places. Some really great, powerful moments going on here. The art is really now, good. Now, this is by a guy named Ian Bertram, who worked on an amazing book called House of Penance. Yes. Which, uh, uh, stunning. Yeah, it, very just singular standout art. And, yeah. Uh, so good. And uh, this book is about a young girl nicknamed Little Bird who lives, it seems, in some sort of post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. She mm-hmm. gets sent to find a guy called The Axe. I think. Yeah, uh, and an axe. Yeah, and rescue him in order to save the world, presumably. Uh, so that's the mission of the book. There is a lot of action throughout it, as Pete mentioned. Um, I like the story just fine, but to me, the standout absolutely was the art. Yeah. Pick it up for Ian Bertram's art, if for nothing else. Great Canadian flag sweater. Yeah, I I really love this book. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's good stuff. And moving on to another DC comic, Wonder Twins, number two. We enjoyed this first issue, I yeah. think, of this book, so I figured we could check in on the second one, yeah. see what's going on. Check in. The Let's Wonder raise this Twins book up right. are in on Earth. Yes, correct. Yes, and they have powers. They have powers. They one, are twins. One and of it, them. I, they're wonderful. Yes, the Wonder Twins, a report. Yeah. <laughs> now, the Wonder Twins, as we all know, are wonderful, and they are twins. Twins can be either fraternal let's, or identical. Let's in this talk, Alex, I want to talk to you about your summer reading book report. Yes. Uh, I, yes. You read comic books again, and this was I specifically oh. assigned you Treasure Island. Oh, okay. I could do a report on Treasure Island. Okay. Treasure Island, a book. Now, as we all know, islands are bodies of water. What are we doing? <laughs> Uh, I Mark Russell writes this book, and he does such a great job of putting just like biting social commentary uh, satire into comic books, and especially these like goofier titles. You wrote the Flintstones, I think we talked about that before. Yeah, uh, and this is this is fun, and it also is a real like a legit takedown of for profit prisons, and I think that's awesome. I, I agree <laughs> with you. I think it's awesome. I I thought the last issue of this was a little bit more creative, a little bit more fun. For me, this was getting a little old, and I was like, all right. Because you're pretty into for-profit prisons. No, I am not. Yeah, okay. Pete I'll actually invests in a couple of them. Are you have a, oh, you have a not-for-profit prison. <laughs> a 501c3 <laughs> prison. <laughs> if I had a prison, either one of you would see the light of day. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's not how that works. Well, guess what? There are laws, bro. Yeah. I thought, uh, to your point, Justin, this issue was more satirical, which I enjoyed a lot. Uh, Mark Russell wrote the Flintstones book, which Mm -hmm. we love so much. And this felt like that was starting to edge a little closer to it, which I enjoyed. The first one was goofy in a fun way, uh, but this one got a little deeper, and I hope we see more of that going forward. Yes. All right. Last thing to talk about from Marvel Comics, Uncanny X-Men Winter's End number one. Now, this is a one-shot, but it's also pretty much a uh, conclusion of Cena Grace's run on Ice man yes. that has been much beloved but sales challenged over several series nah. at this point. Uh, so you do get this one shot to wrap everything up. Uh, what do you guys think? Was this a good end to this run? Uh, it was an interesting. Like I feel like uh, to take the character to take Iceman and really through, through bringing back the uh, uh, what's old Iceman, old man ice? Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ice. Mr. Ice, uh, the, his future self, and have it be sort of the lens that uh, you look at the character one last time was a wild choice, like to go that deep into continuity. I feel like when you're bringing a book to an end, a lot of it is just like self reflection. But this, like, really moved the character forward a little bit and had some hits into the, con- the continuity of Iceman across the board. Uh, one thing that I liked about the book is it dealt head on with the idea that. 
when this is crazy deep X-Men continuity, uh, but when the young X-Men went back in time, their memories joined together with their older versions. Yes. And everybody else was like, wow, my memories. That's so interesting. That happened to me. But to Iceman, he was directly confronted with the idea that his younger self forced his older self to come out of the closet. And when Jean Grey sort of prompted right, made that, it happen. outed him. Yeah. So that came head uh, to a head. And I, that was my favorite part of the issue, hands down. Like, I thought that conversation was needed and uh, was executed well. Yeah, I agree. Like, the idea that, that I think uh, present-day Iceman was struggling with is that his younger self was some, like, more brave than him uh, for, like, owning his sexuality at a time when the older version was, like, still repressing it. And then I think it was a nice sort of echo of that, that he is trying to... Uh, his older version of himself trying to come to grips with who he is. It was just, it was a nice just package altogether, I thought. Yeah. It was all right. Okay. <laughs> if you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on down. We will chat with you about comics. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. Beware the Batman who's on Twitter too much. 